Welcome to Capital Edge Church. We have a fantastic message for you that we hope challenges, inspires, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what comes our way, that you turn it all for good to your glory and your honour. And so, Lord, we praise you today. We magnify your name. We lift you high because you're worthy to be praised above our circumstances, above the situations that we might be facing. Lord, you turn it for good and we can stand assured on the foundation of you in our lives. So we thank you for that, Lord Jesus, in your wonderful, precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, please take your seats. This morning, great to see you in church. Thank you, worship team. Really good to see you. And I said last week on Vision Sunday, I said that I was going to make an announcement this week once we'd finalised some bits and pieces about uh, our new Kidsway pastor. And so without further ado, I will announce that uh, Anushka Singh has come on board as our children's pastor which is fantastic. Many of, many of you will know Anushka as Rodney's wife. Uh, but it's fantastic. Anushka actually has a honours in medical science, and so she has left a, a job as a microbiologist and come because she wants to invest in our kids. And so how awesome is that? So uh, thank you, Anushka. Great to have you on board. She's going to have a week's break from her previous work, place and start in a week's time so enjoy your break (laughs) fantastic well we start our February theme today and the theme is the real Jesus the real Jesus and I'm excited about this theme this week I'm just going to focus on some foundations in regards to that then next week I want to actually talk about the Pharisees and their responses to Jesus and Jesus' response to them. Because I think we can learn some stuff from that. In 2001, the BBC put together a three-part documentary. Some of you may have seen it called The Son of God. And in this documentary, what they did was they hired a whole bunch of forensic experts. It took about 16 to 18 months to put together the the uh, research and the information on this, uh, this subject, the Son of God. And they hired forensic experts and they got a whole load of skulls that were first century Jewish skulls from tombs. And what they did was they investigated these skulls and they, they built um, faces according to what these skulls showed and they used all the scientific information that they had and they actually, after expending $3 million, $3 million, they came up with a computer-generated face of what they thought Jesus looked like. So I want to show you that on the screen. That's the face that they came up with, the computer. I don't know about you, but when I first saw that, I found it slightly underwhelming. I don't know about you. And so I thought, you know what? I could have saved those guys three million bucks. I I would have done it for half the prize. All I'd have to do is read Isaiah 53 to, to you this morning. So let's read it. My servant grew up 
in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. It's interesting, those words were written by the prophet Isaiah about six to 700 years before the Messiah, before Jesus came to this earth. And he wrote that, and I think people actually misunderstand what he's saying there. I, I don't think he was saying that Jesus was just ordinary. I don't think he was saying that Jesus was boring, that you wouldn't bother noticing him, that he was just average. People misunderstand that. That's not what the prophet is saying. I think he's simply saying this, that Jesus fitted in with his cultural context. He fitted in. And so he was a Jew. He fitted into his cultural context. But I think he was saying more than this too. I think Isaiah was saying that Jesus was relatable. He was relevant. He was relevant to the world around him. And let me say, friends, all these years later, nothing has changed. Because in Hebrews 13, 8, it tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that means that he is still as relatable now as he was then. He's still as relevant now as he was then. You know, Jesus hasn't become obsolete He doesn't need to change. He doesn't need to update to get with the times. He doesn't need to change his message that he spoke. He will forever fit into our context. It's ironic. I think that the world that's so caught up with external appearances spends $3 million on trying to work out what Jesus looked like And this same Jesus says this. It's not about your outward appearance. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. You know, perhaps if people looked more closely at the condition of their heart, they would start to appreciate a little more just how amazing Jesus is. You know, over the years, I've seen so many different perceptions of Jesus. I'm sure you have too. I've seen the culturally relevant Jesus. When I was looking and preparing for this sermon, I looked up images of Jesus on Google. And I came across a Chinese Jesus and an African Jesus, Hispanic Jesus, Middle Eastern Jesus, European Jesus, Indian Jesus, Native American Jesus. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, it's as if to make his image more relevant would make him more relevant you see if he looks like me then perhaps he will understand me is what's being said but friends Jesus relevance goes way beyond cultural boundaries I've come across the new age Jesus all sorts of things it seems that Jesus is more palatable to some if he's some sort of mystic presence If Jesus was to come perhaps from somewhere else, and we know that there's some truth in that, but if he was to come from somewhere else, perhaps an alien visiting this planet, some supernatural spirit or some power, then you see, that makes him adaptable to whatever I make him to be. I've seen the marketable Jesus. To many, Jesus equals dollars. 
I've seen that from Mel Gibson's 400 million personal profit from the passion of the Christ to the purchase of your very own crown of thorns from the monks of St. Catherine's Monastery in Sinai for $24.99 plus postage. Oh, this is the one I really love. The Super Jesus wind-up action toy that you can purchase, made in China. You can purchase for $5.95. I've actually seen this action toy. You wind up the little action toy. It's Jesus in a white robe with a red sash. And as the wind-up toy is going across, his hand raises from the side and gives you the thumbs up. You see, to many, Jesus has become a billion-dollar business. Some like to see the rebel Jesus. You know, the Jesus who's a a dissident, a political zealot standing up against the unfair treatment of the downcast. The son of God with a political agenda, the, the leader of the protest. But friends, Jesus wasn't a rebel with a cause. If anything, he was a revolutionary, bringing about change. But that change was freedom and forgiveness of sin for the benefit of all mankind. You know, perhaps the perception that's done the most damage, done the most harm over the years, is that of the religious Jesus. The pious, saintly image surrounded with halos and and crucifixes a Jesus too far removed from you and 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 me the the movies where Jesus is depicted as somewhat aloof somewhat strange and and always serious even a little bit insipid I don't know about you but I I struggle with those perceptions of Jesus you see I don't understand those perceptions none of those things seem real to me I grew up in church. I grew up in church. My parents are pastors. I remember going to Sunday school, as it was called back then. Sunday school. And I remember we had the best that multimedia could buy. We had a flannel graph. It was a felt board. Many of you, who remembers those? (laughs) Jesus of the flannel graph. And we had these boards and they had little cutout figures of stables and barns and hills and and, and and birds and animals and characters in the Bible and, and Jesus. And, and the, the teacher would put them up and they would stick on this felt board. Occasionally they'd go, but they'd stick on the felt board and they would tell the story of Jesus. And friends, I knew all the stories. In fact, I quite often volunteered to be the felt Jesus putter-upperer. Because I knew where they were going with this story. I saw all the movies of Jesus. I'd accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And let me tell you, there was something very real about that. But even so, I had this hazy understanding of who Jesus was and is. I think many of us can identify with that. I wanted to know the real Jesus, but I didn't want it to be a a creation from my own imagination. I wanted the real Jesus. I wanted to see the reality of who he was and is. 
And then I remember one day, I remember I got a glimpse of the real. I would have been about 12, I think. And I went and watched a documentary. It was narrated by the great Johnny Cash. And it was called The Gospel Road. And in that documentary, I saw the real Jesus for the first time. You see, I saw when the disciples were going across the Sea of Galilee in their boat. I didn't see this standoffish, aloof Jesus sitting at the prow, but I saw him rowing along with the disciples. And I saw the the spray coming up in his face and I saw him laughing and I saw him enjoying that moment. And then there was another scene. You see, at Sunday school, I'd seen Jesus sitting on a rock with the little child on his lap and, and it all seemed so blah. But in this movie, I saw Jesus playing tag with the kids, enjoying the kids, chasing around with the kids and laughing with the kids. And all of a sudden, I got it. I understood that Jesus immersed himself totally into this world and into our lives. A Jesus who embraced and who understood everyday circumstances. A Jesus who understood hurt and suffering and tiredness and sadness and laughter and joy. The full gamut of emotions and situations A Jesus who intricately understood me. The real Jesus. I was on my way, you see, to discovering the real Jesus. And this morning, I just want to share with you some simple steps. I know for many of you, this is just a reminder. Just a reminder, some simple steps of discovering the real Jesus. The real Jesus. The first is this, if you want to discover the real Jesus, study the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, study the Gospels. You see, I I read through the Gospels now with this view of Jesus actually immersed into the story rather than on the fringes or rather than just a visitor. I tried to visualise him walking down that road to Samaria sitting down hot and tired and sweaty next to Jacob's well, asking for a drink from that uh, woman of Samaria. Imagine Jesus walking through a wheat field with his disciples and breaking off a, a, a wheat stalk and holding it up and twirling it like this and watching the head go round and round and using it as an object lesson, saying, hey, disciples, have a look at this. You see, Let me tell you something, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it does that, it will produce a harvest. And there's things in our lives that sometimes need to die so that we can produce a harvest. And I started to see the reality of all of that. I would try to replace the awkward language that I found in some versions of the Bible and paraphrase the words into what I think it would say today. Now, without compromising or changing the meaning. I realised that we were given four different Gospels for good reason. Matthew. You see, Matthew talks about Jesus the Messiah. He t- and he talks in a very traditional, very orthodox manner because he's talking to the Jews. 
And so it's a very traditional way. And then Mark, Mark talked about Jesus, the man of action. I love Mark because he was talking to a Roman audience. So Mark, the common word used in the book of Mark is straight away. Straight away. It's like, you know, when you read a kid's story and this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. That's Mark. Straight away this happened. Then Jesus did this. And and when that was done, he did this. And then something else happened. It was very pragmatic. It was a very down-to-earth approach. And then Luke, talking to a Greek audience, Luke talked about Jesus, the perfect man. The perfect man. And he took on this very ideal, educated approach. And then there's the Gospel of John. You see, John talked about Jesus, the Son of God. And what he does is he takes on a very evidentiary, analytical approach. You see, what John wants to do is show seven signs that prove undoubtedly that Jesus is the Son of God. And I look at those Gospels and understand that the Gospels reveal Jesus to all mankind. No matter who you are, no matter what your approach to life may be, the real and relevant Jesus is to be found in the Gospels. The second key is this. Try to understand the context and the setting of Jesus' life. Try to understand that. Let me give you an example, just one example today. You see, in Jesus' day, society was ruled by religious law. The Pharisees set the law. There wasn't this distinction between church and laity, church and governance. The, the, the Pharisees, the, the religion of the day, they, they presented and observed the religious law. And these laws weren't just the commands of God found in the Old Testament, there were many, many different regulations in addition to God's law. And some of these rules were to do with ritual purity, how to keep yourself clean, both physically and spiritually. You don't do this, you don't do something else, you better do this, you better not do that. All these rules about ritual purity. So Jesus, the real Jesus... One day, he decides to have dinner with some Gentiles like you and me. And he sits down with them and the Pharisees come along and they say, Jesus, you're dining with publicans and sinners. You're dining with the Gentiles. And and Jesus returns around and says to them, he says, the physician goes to the sick. But you know what they were saying to him? They were saying, listen, what you are doing right now makes you spiritually unclean. You're not obeying the laws of of, of ritual purity. There's another time when Jesus, the real Jesus, he is stopped by a leper and the leper bows down to him at his feet and the leper says, Jesus, if you want to, you can heal me. And Jesus doesn't just heal him. He touches him. He touches a leper. And in so doing, goes against all those rules of ritual purity. Another occasion, Jesus walking along a road. There's a a crowd around him and there's a, a lady with an issue of blood. 
And she comes up and she touches the hem of his garment. And she is instantly healed. Healing virtue flows from Jesus. But people, we don't realize sometimes that in that moment where this lady with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, he was made ritually unclean because of that. And by understanding this context, by understanding this setting of of ritual purity, I see the real Jesus. I see a Jesus who is willing to do whatever it takes to set sinners free. A Jesus willing to immerse himself in a lost and dirty and sinful world and to take upon himself our sins so that we might be forgiven and cleansed from our unrighteousness. A Jesus who reaches out to me and you in spite of failures and shortcomings and says, it's okay, I want to help you. I want to get you to that place. I want to meet your need. You see, when we see Jesus in a context that we understand, we get an even clearer picture, an even clearer picture of the real Jesus. Third thing this morning, we want to discover the real Jesus. Don't desensitize your view of Jesus. Don't desensitize your view of Jesus. Now, we've got kids in the meeting today, so I'm going to be very, very careful about what I say. But in fact, it actually proves my point. It shows my point. You see, we tend to sanitize or edit the Jesus story. We try to present a G, a a general viewing or a PG parental guidance rating on the story of Jesus. And that's very appropriate and necessary with our children. Don't get me wrong here. But as adults, it doesn't hurt us to see the raw MA brutality of the world in which Jesus lived and the way he was betrayed and rejected and crucified so that we could be set free from sin. I, I remember the first time I saw The Passion of the Christ. It was in a cinema. It was a secular showing. It, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a church takeover thing. It was a secular showing. I remember as we're getting towards the end of that movie and the scenes of the whipping and the scourging and the crown of thorns being put on his head and him carrying that cross up the Via Dolorosa and the crowd mocking and and jeering and throwing things and, and up to Golgotha and the brutality of the cross. And, you know, I can remember watching that. And I can remember getting angry at how my Saviour's punishment just kept going on and on and on and on. I remember thinking, enough already. Leave him alone. I remember the end of the movie. 
excitement of the blackness of the cinema. No one moving. Just listening to people sobbing. You see, friends, if we want to see the real Jesus, we need to understand the suffering that he went through for you and me. When I see his sacrifice, when, when I see his sacrifice, I can't, I can't live my life flippantly when it comes to a relationship with him. I can't just tag him onto the end of my week by going to church. I, I can't do that. Don't desensitize your view of Jesus. And finally this morning, you want to see the real Jesus ask for the revelation of the Holy Spirit I think perhaps this is one of the greatest keys ask for the revelation of the Holy Spirit John 16 verse 13 and 14 says this when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard He will tell you about the future. He will bring me, that's Jesus, glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. You see, that verse tells us a couple of things. Firstly, it tells us that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. But secondly, it tells us this, that the Holy Spirit reveals more and more of Jesus to us. More of Jesus to us. So as you open up your word of God, As you open up and read a chapter or some verses, as you do that, why not just pray a little prayer? Holy Spirit, please continue to reveal the real Jesus to me. I want to know Jesus more and more. So I pray that as I read God's word, which is more than just a book, it's a divine revelation. It is God breathed and God inspired. As I read your word, Holy Spirit, just reveal more and more and more to me of who Jesus is. Study the Gospels. Try to understand the context and the setting of Jesus' life. Don't desensitize your view of Jesus and ask for the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And as you do, and I know that many of you today can testify, amen, you'll discover the real Jesus. The real Jesus. Let's close our eyes this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, there may be some people here today. And you may not know the real Jesus. You may have one of those perceptions I talked about earlier on. You may have not entered into a relationship with Jesus, invited him to be Lord and Saviour of your life. But as I've been speaking, you felt something stirring your heart. Well, that could be the Holy Spirit just speaking gently to you and saying, hey, why don't you acknowledge him as Lord and Saviour of your life today?
there's anyone in this building while no one's looking around, you say, yeah, that's me. Can I ask you to do one thing? To just raise your hand. I'll acknowledge it. Then you can put it straight down again. And then we as a church are going to pray a simple prayer, inviting Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life. Is there anyone today that says, yeah, that's me? Why don't you raise your hand right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful God. I see that hand up there. Bless you, mate. Someone else. At the back, I see that hand too. Beautiful. Beautiful. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. I see that hand there. Fantastic. God bless you. Thank you. See that hand. God bless you. Thank you. See that hand there. God bless you. Thank you. Church, let's just pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross for me to take my sin upon yourself so that I could be free. Forgive my sin. I want to follow your ways. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me because I want to follow you with all my heart. I invite you to be Lord and Saviour of my life today. In your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Let's give those who responded a a clap. Fantastic. And you know what? Here's the great thing. Here's the great thing. Every Valentine's Day from now on, you'll be able to say that on Valentine's Day, I responded to the love of Jesus. How cool is that? Fantastic. Fantastic. It's going to be a good month. It's going to be a great month as we focus on the real Jesus. God bless you guys. Have a great week. And uh, don't forget to come back next week. It's going to continue on. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And 6 p.m. tonight, should any of you want a second dose. God bless you.